right. Here we go. Here's the uh, here's the new sermon series for the next few weeks. What's right with you? I want to start with a little informal poll here. Raise your hand if you would say, I just have way too much joy in my life. Nobody, nobody says, I just have way too much joy in my life right now. How about peace? You have just too much peace in your life right now? How about too much positivity? Do you have just too much positivity in your life? Really? Well, I guess this sermon series is right on time then. Raise your hand if you would like to have more joy, more peace, more positivity. Good. Well, we're on the same page, and that's what this series is all about, okay? Uh, so if you have your Bibles, you can start by turning to Romans chapter 12. This series is about how we can find more joy, more peace, more positivity, how these things can come into our life in greater degree. So in Romans chapter 12, uh, the Apostle Paul, writing a letter to the Christians in Rome, and he, he says something that's going to, this, this phrase that he's going to give us is going to be the the guideline for these next few weeks. And this is what he says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Christians in Rome, he says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul says, Don't, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed. Be transformed. And this word transform comes from the Greek word metamorphosis. You guys ever heard that? Did you hear that word in school and in, in science class and biology growing up? Metamorphosis? Anybody remember what it was in, in reference to? Changing, yes. So when, when I was in school, I learned metamorphosis, and it was in reference to the changing of a caterpillar into a butterfly. Uh, as you know, caterpillars, they'll go around as caterpillars for a while, and then they will go through this transformation process, which is called metamorphosis. And they'll get in their cocoon, and inside this cocoon, things happen, things take place, and eventually, this caterpillar turns into a beautiful butterfly through the process of metamorphosis. That's the word that Paul uses in Romans chapter 12, when he says he wants us to be transformed. God's will is for us to be transformed, not conformed to the pattern of the world, but transformed. And he says the key to doing this, the key to transformation, is the renewing of our mind. The renewing of our mind. To renew our mind is to change what we think about. To renew our mind is to change what we think about. And here's why. Because we reflect what we consume. We reflect what we consume. And this is true physically, right? We know that if we eat a bunch of junk, what are we going to feel like? Junk, right? If we eat junk, we're going to feel like junk. The same is true mentally and spiritually as well, just like it's true physically. What we feed ourselves mentally and spiritually, what we focus on becomes what we reflect. So if we consume a bunch of junk physically, we're going to feel like junk. Well, if we consume a bunch of junk mentally and physically, if we focus on the negative, the junk in our life, that's what we're going to reflect. And that's what we're going to manifest in our lives. It's going to come out 
of our attitude. Our attitude is going to reflect what we feed ourselves mentally and spiritually. So the Apostle Paul, in another one of his letters, he gives us some really good advice on how we can work towards renewing our minds. So if you're in uh, Romans, you can just turn over a couple of books to Philippians. This is a, a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. And he offers some more clarification here in terms of what it means to renew our minds, how we change what we think about. So in Philippians chapter 4, in verse 8, this is what he says. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there is anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about Paul says, as you look at your life, as you go throughout your day, if there's anything that's true or lovely or admirable or excellent or praiseworthy or lovely, think about these things. Now, there's lots of things in our life that are not true or noble or pure or lovely or admirable or excellent or praiseworthy, right? We can all look around and we can identify things that are none of these things. So Paul says, don't focus on those. He says, if there's anything that's true, noble, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about these things. In other words, Paul says, we get to choose what we think about. Just like we get to choose what we eat. Nobody makes you, for the most part, I don't think anybody makes you eat anything, right? You're, you're, there's always a choice of what you are going to put into your body. The same is true with our thinking, with, with how we approach the day. Paul says, that there's a chance, you know, you, you can always focus on the negative. There's always something bad that you can look at. There's always something bad that you can look at. But Paul says, you get to choose. You get to choose what you focus on. Are you going to focus on what's negative? Are you going to focus on the junk? Or are you going to focus on what's true and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy? There's actually, there's, there's a whole, um, there's a whole series, there's a whole new movement in uh, therapy and counseling based on this very idea. Uh, it's called solution-focused counseling. And if, if you ever find yourself where you need to go to um, a therapist or a counselor for any reason, and, and by the way, let me just, that, in our culture, there's sort of a stigma with, with needing to get uh, help, you know, mental health help, and, and that's, that's really a shame. Do you feel ashamed if you have to go to the doctor for something physical? No, of course not. You don't need to get it taken care of, right? Well, for some reason, we, we feel like in our culture that if you have to go to, to a, a professional to get some, some mental health, like there's, there's something shameful about that, and there's not. Um, so that's a little off, off topic here. But as a culture and as Christians, I think we, should, we, want to, we want to promote that getting the kind of help that we need is a good thing. Uh, so that's a little off topic. But, but if you go to a therapist or a counselor, chances are you may encounter somebody who's going to practice what's called solution-focused counseling. Solution-focused counseling. It's a, it's a huge movement right now, and there's a lot of evidence backing it up. And so sort of here's how it works. Say you go to the counselor because you're experiencing some, some serious problems in your life, okay? Uh, you're, you know, you've got, you've got marriage problems, you've got problems with children, you're having trouble, trouble coping with, with stress or, or loss or, or anything like that. 
and you're just having a lot of trouble. And so you go to somebody to get help, which is a good thing to do if you need to get help. What you may experience is a counselor who's going to encourage you to start paying attention to what's going right in your life. And it's going to feel kind of counterintuitive. Because when you go to the doctor, you, you sort of want the doctor to identify what's wrong and fix the cause of what's wrong. And that's how mental health therapy works for a really long time. And there's a place for that. There really is. But more and more, what we're starting to find in this, this is the, uh, the technique that I use uh, in the military and in the hospital, is that most of the time when it comes to some of these problems, we already have the solutions at hand. If, we are, if we're willing to look and work for it, if we're willing to look for what's going right and focus on those things, we can start to feel better just by changing what we focus on, just by changing what we look at. And so as I work with clients in this process, I say, okay, so as you, when you go home today, this week, I want you to pay attention to when things aren't so bad. I want you to pay attention because there's going to be times this week when your problem doesn't feel so bad. I want you to pay attention to what's going on around you at this particular moment uh, and, and focus on what's right. And the amazing thing is, as we help people develop this, make this a pattern, a practice in their life, they start to realize that their problems diminish. As they, it doesn't mean that, that what was wrong automatically goes away, but it means that as they change what they focus on, as they look for what's right in their life, as they find the bright spot, of what's going on in their life, they start to feel better. And they start to cope better with whatever they're going through. And all of a sudden, they don't feel as bad as they felt before. And as this becomes the pattern in their life, all of a sudden, the things that used to get them down to it don't get them down anymore because they have been transformed by the renewing of their minds, by thinking different things. Their entire thought pattern has been transformed from, from the caterpillar to the butterfly as they have put into practice this idea of focusing on what's right. So here's the principle. You can always find something good if you look for it. I really believe that you can, you can always find something good if you're willing to look hard enough. Sometimes a little change in perspective is always I want to give you just a sort of a silly example from my own life. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we had some plumbing issues in the house, in our our kitchen sink. We couldn't use our kitchen sink for several days while we were waiting for a pump to come in. And so, uh, as you can imagine, our dishes started to pile up, and it got to the point that we need to do something about this. And so I carried all of the dishes, and I put them in the bathtub to wash the dishes in the bathtub. I did, because uh, we, we could use the bathtub. And at first, I was tempted to think, I was like, man, this is really frustrating. Why do I have to wash dishes in the bathroom? in the bathtub. And then I said, no, wait, hold on, wait a second. At least I have running water. Right? I mean, at least I have hot running water in the drink. I don't have to carry these dishes out to the river. Right? Like, seriously, there are cultures, there are people living in the world, living here, who, who don't have access to running water to wash their dishes. So instead of complaining about the fact that my kitchen sink didn't work, I switched my focus to, well, at least I have running water and I can wash them in the house. I didn't have to bring them out and you know hose them off. I didn't have to carry them to the river. You know, I didn't have to throw them away. I, but just by changing my focus, changing my perspective just a little bit, uh, I was able to to look at this new situation, and I didn't feel quite so bad. 
there's always something good if you look hard enough. And, and that's true uh, uh, with, with so many aspects of life. Maybe you know you're having trouble in a relationship. But I can guarantee you that the person that you're having trouble with, there's more good about them than there is bad. Right? There's always more good about them than there is bad. If you look hard enough, there's something that you can focus on that's good. And maybe you have to start really small. And maybe you have to start with, well, at least they didn't yell at me today. But it's a, it's a place to start. And with practice, we can develop a habit of thinking this way. And it really can transform the way that we live. But it takes intentional effort to be able to do this. Because in Romans 12, too, Paul says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Well, what's the pattern of this world? It's focusing on the negative, right? It's complaining and criticizing and, and focusing on what's wrong. And so we've been brought up in, in a culture, in, uh, in a society, where we're trained to focus on the negative. And so because that's what we've been trained for so long, it's going to take intentional effort for us to change the pattern of our thinking, for our thinking to be transformed, metamorphosis, in order to start focusing on the good. Uh, I, I read something recently where... Some, pe some people think that the way that we're wired to focus on the bad actually comes from our ancestors, right? Because back in the day, we had to pay attention to what was bad if we were going to survive, right? So if we're, you know, if there are lions and tigers and bears, oh my, all around, and we're hunting and gathering and, and looking for food, you know, we have, to, we have to focus on potential dangers and pitfalls and all that because it helps us stay alive. As we move into this society where we're not so concerned about, you know, every step, you know, there might be a lion behind every corner, you know, we, we can sort of change the way that we think. But we have to work that into the way that we think. If I want to get stronger physically, it's going to take uh, intentional effort and repetition. I'm going to have to do it on a regular basis. The same is true mentally. We can train ourselves to think differently, but it takes effort and it takes work. And so one way that you can do this is by every day, maybe a couple times a day, intentionally taking some time to write down what's right with you today. Just what went right today. And, and actually ask yourself, okay, what went right? And if you stop to think about it, all of a sudden you're going to realize that there's a lot of things that actually went right. Things that we take for granted on a regular basis. Like, if you ate, did you eat today? Well, that's a good thing, right? That went right. You ate. You had food. You have clothes to wear? Well, that's right. You've got, you know, you're not naked in church, right? That's a good thing. Um, you, you know, do you, did you have a car to get here? Do you have a roof over your head? Um, do you have access to health care and running water? And do you have a couple of dollars in the bank account? All of these things, if you start to really focus on, you've got a lot of things going right for you. You have more things going right for you than you have going wrong for you. Even if you've got big things that are, that are wrong, even if you have big problems in your life, you have more things that are going right for you. Which is why Paul says, I want you to focus on what's true and noble and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent praiseworthy. If you look for it, you're going to find it. If you look for it in your spouse or your kids, you're going to find it because it's there. Now, maybe there's some other things you need to work on, but, but focus on what's good and that will give you the, the disposition to work on what's right. Do you have a health problem? Well, let's pray for you. But there's probably a lot of other things in your body that are working right, right? Like, if you're still alive, most of your bodily systems are functioning properly. You know, and so maybe your knee is hurt. 
but your other knee works fine, and your ankles are okay, and your toes are okay, and your, your arms work just fine, and your heart's still beating, and you've got air in your... That's right! That, see, we got an amen corner in the back. So there, there's always something positive you can focus on, whether that's in your marriages, in your families, if your spouse, or your kids, or your brothers, and your sisters. Whether it's your job, even if there's something terrible with your job, there's probably something right. You have a job, right? <laughs> it, it, it's giving you money. There's, there's something right there in your job that you can focus on. In your studies, maybe you're struggling with one particular subject, but, but there's something else that you can focus on. With your health, we talked about that. So Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by thinking different thoughts. He says, we do this by thinking about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy. There is something about one of these things going on in every situation of your life. And if you train yourself to focus on that, you're going to start to feel better. So here's the bottom line. We reflect what we focus on. We reflect what we focus on. So focus on what's right. We reflect what we focus on. So focus on what's right. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Learn to focus on what's right. Imagine if we lived this way. Imagine if we lived this way. If, if we so trained ourselves to focus on what was right, that, that we were so full of joy that we never got caught up in the complaining and the criticizing of everybody else around us. People looked at us and said, why are you always so happy? Imagine if, if we chose to live this way and, and that our witness was that people looked at us and they said, you are just too happy all the time. How do you do that? And, and, and this is true for, for Christians and non-Christians alike. But for those of us who are Christians, we have a lot of good to focus on, don't we? We have the fact that Jesus died for us and gave himself for us. We have the fact that no matter what's wrong with us in this life, we have the promise of eternal life with God. That no matter how bad things get now, we have the promise that all things will be made new. There will be a time where there's no more sorrow and no more tears. So for those of us who are Christians, we really have no excuse to focus on anything but what Jesus has accomplished for us. And the good that, that we have a Heavenly Father who knows our name, who loves us, who has called us, who has promised us an inheritance, who promises to be with us through any and every situation, who promises to work all things together for our good. There's just so much that we can focus on. There's so many good things. And imagine if we could so train ourselves to focus on this, that our lives would be characterized by positivity, that people would say, man, look at those people with Stony Brook. They're always so darn happy. I wonder how they do that. Do you think there's anybody in the world who really doesn't want more joy in their life? Well, let's show them what it looks like. So that's what this whole series is about. In the next few weeks, we're going to learn how to focus on what's right. When somebody says, what's wrong with you? You say, no, 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 no. Here's what's right with me. Grace, Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the many, many things that you have accomplished for us. There's just so much for us to praise you for today. Father, for the sun that shines, the air we can breathe, the ability to walk, the privilege to be here, to worship you in this place, food in our bellies and the clothes on our backs and the money in our bank account, for the relationships with people who love us, for the 
promise of your unfailing love, the promise of eternity with you, Father, just sacrificing out of it. So many things that we have to be done. Father, help us to direct our eyes, to look at what's right, instead of what's wrong. Help us to be a reflection of your life and your love and your peace and your joy. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen